0: Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker, and I'm joined as always by Matt Chamberlain. I didn't screw up the intro this week. Yeah, so it feels good. It only took you to episode twenty. <laughs> only two. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Twenty episodes, Matt. It's a long time. It's a long time. We're getting into our prime. Twenty weeks. Uh, we're like Jason Tatum age. <laughs> we He's eps- so young! <laughs> We're one episode away from being Jason Tatum age. Uh, happy birthday to Jason Tatum, by the way. It's his birthday today, March, on March the 3rd. Um, how's your
1: week been? As a, as a human being, it's been alright. As a Celtics fan, it's been kind of disappointing, but <laughs> it's been a you dumpster fire. <laughs> hey, well, you know,
0: as an Oklahoma City fan, it hasn't been a great week either.
1: Yeah, y'all kinda of struggling too.
0: I mean with Paul George being out, it's like going back to regressing back to twenty sixteen. Yikes. MVP year. Oh god. It's more like James Harden's claim to M V P this year. Um anyway, before we get into the episode, remember to follow us on Twitter at MBA Couch Pod. We've been I think I can say this with confidence that we've been stepping up our game. Yeah, I'd say so. On Twitter, rising to the occasion. Rising to the occasion. I mean, with playoffs coming coming down the stretch here, you gotta step our game up a little. You know, you mm-hmm. gotta make that playoff push. Uh, if you haven't found us already, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, uh, and subscribe to us, like us, whatever your preference of platform. Do that action, and we would appreciate it greatly um quick uh, recap of episode 19 we talked about uh pacers and kings playoff hopes we talked about playoff matchups we'd like to see which was a lot of fun because man a lot of subplots to that podcast yeah, love uh, matt's game of the week last week was philadelphia okc he matt predicted that philadelphia would win 123 to oklahoma City's 113 um it was a little bit closer than that, actually. Philadelphia and still won, but it was 108 to OKC's okay, so 104. Uh, no Paul George for the Thunder. No Joel Embiid for um, the Seventy Sixers. We'll call game. it
1: a defensive game. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> and Tobias Harris already pulling daggers into. Yep. And uh, it all, side note about that game: it broke Oklahoma City's 19-game win streak against Philadelphia, dating wow. back to 2011. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, Philly's been bad for a while. Yeah, they so were makes bad. Makes sense. <laughs> it, they were bad for a while, but also it's kind of nice to know the Thunder are pretty good against some other Eastern Conference teams. But you know, neither here nor there. My game of the week is still being played right now. We're recording at. 3 30 in the afternoon on march 3rd and my game of the week is celtics rockets which
1: is happening right now and the what's the score matt are you looking at yeah i am there's like three minutes left in the second quarter it's, the rockets are up by 20 <laughs> jesus
0: we're we're just
1: watching that that was like a
0: was like 10 point, point game yeah
1: eight 10 point game eric gordon hits shots oh and, my um, god no one on boston does right now al horford I hope we got it. Thanks for coming to play. Um, so when you said the game's being played, not really. <laughs> uh, so it looks like my prediction's going to be wrong uh, with the Celtics
0: winning. My, I predicted the Celtics would win 111 to the Rockets 103. That's not going to
1: happen. Yeah, I don't. we're not a good third quarter team anyway. <laughs> let alone when we're down 20. Will you call Brad Stevens and tell him to get his crap together? Yeah, let me get my phone out here. Thank late. you. Thank you. Matt, what happened this week in the NBA? News picked up a little bit. Um, so you mentioned Joel Embiid. He was out. Um, he hopes to return this week or next. Um, just kind of left knee soreness. We kind of joke about general soreness. General soreness. <laughs> general soreness. Um, but for him, like this is a very real concern. Um, very real concern for Philly trying to make a playoff push. Um, getting a couple key wins without him. Also, Lonzo Ball, in terms of injuries, um, hopes to be reevaluated from his like forever ankle injury. Next week he's been out since January nineteenth. So he's that's been more out than an ankle sprain <laughs> by the way. Yeah, there is a little more to it that's kinda of developed, but yeah, you've been out for a month and a half already. So that's a little bit worrisome. Um, he's important. We'll talk about him and that team here in a little bit. Um, other news though, a lot of Milwaukee right now. Eric Bledsoe signed a four-year 70 million dollar extension with the Bucks and then came out and balled out against the Lakers. Um, what is that, that 17 million a year? Uh, 18 and change, yeah. What so, do you th- or 17 and what change. What do you think about that? It's either going to be a bargain, depending on what he does in the playoffs. It's either going to be a a bit much, depending on what he does in the playoffs. <laughs> I don't know, it depends on what Eric Bledsoe we, we get. Yeah, it's on average 17.5 million a year. And it'll probably be an increasing contract, not a flat Seventeen and a half. Yeah. But um I I think for Eric Bledsoe, you gotta go ahead and secure that because mm-hmm. this off season, like money's gonna dry up pretty quick. Yeah, and his name just hasn't been floated around a lot. Um you know, like you hear guys like Kawhi, Clay, K D, stuff like that, but you don't hear Eric Bledsoe and he's had a good year. Yeah. Um could have been an all-star this year maybe should have been so i wonder if he's like you know i'm not hearing my name a lot right now i don't know exactly what kind of money will be left for me or what um what teams will be left for me so let me just go ahead and lock this up now and if he felt he was on a good deal he likes it there you know you're probably there for at least two more years with honest, and then if Giannis stays you're there for all four with Giannis, and that's a pretty good setup going forward in the east um so i like it for him and for milwaukee you get a point guard now I don't know what this means for Malcolm Brogdon because he's also up. Mm. Um, he's been playing well. This he's year. been playing well, but like, what's his what's his amount? If Eric Bledsoe is four for seventy, what's what's Malcolm Brogdon? They also got to pay Chris Middleton. Yeah, and so I I feel like essentially you had those three guys and you had to pick one or two. This is one. Let's see if they can squeeze out a second yep. and, and who's walking. Also in Milwaukee news, um, Pau Gasol gets a buyout from the Spurs. He's given back about $2.5 and, and then as soon as he clears, he plans to officially sign with the Bucks. So I don't know if he's just he's going there because he feels like that's a, another chance for him to win a championship. And maybe he can also play. Or maybe he's just a leader type off the bench. I, I don't know has kind of been in and out in and out with the Bucks and Budenholzer's doghouse so maybe he's kind of taking that spot from him but maybe you know he's just a fifth big that if they if they need in the playoffs he can he can go out there and, and play some you know good good gap minutes for yeah. for the starters yeah that would be um Splash Mountain 2.0 kind of not nah, not quite that anymore but but in the in the role i think it actually kind of works the the mold of what they try and do with their bigs last couple things um about actual basketball games <laughs> uh, so just worth noting Kawhi had a game winner against portland the other day um, 119 117 watch that it held up on the rim for like three seconds and then eventually fell through it was um, intentional yeah that he planned that um <laughs> helps keep toronto um staying up with the bucks at the top of the east uh still only a, a game or two difference depending on what day you look at it so Kawhi coming of oh, clutch having big games recently i i still find it odd that he's like in one day out the other just for rest and load management general soreness yeah um Kind of the Spurs mold, though. <laughs> he's, like, of it. he's missed a ridiculous amount of games. How much has it been, like... I want to say when we looked last week, he'd only played, like, 40-something games. That's and insane. So, yeah, he he's missed. I don't know, probably 10, 20 games. I don't have it right here in front of me. But for, no, like, no actual injury, just soreness. So... Or, uh, or rest or load management or whatever phrase you want to throw in there. So just an interesting little tidbit. I don't know if that's a Kawhi move, if that's a Toronto move, or, or who's. But it might be Toronto just trying to keep Kawhi for next year. Yeah, and say, like, look, we'll do whatever it takes to keep you happy. Interesting little subplots to go with that, but, but coming up big the other day, and, and well, it was a really good game. And then another one, just fun worth noting, Bulls beat the Hawks. Not the game I thought we'd be talking about on this podcast, <laughs> but the reason we are talking about it is because the Bulls won 168-161 to 161 in a four-overtime game. Um, Trey Young. Kind of ridiculous. Trey Young, Zach Levine, Lori Markkinen, just kind of going bonkers. Um, so in terms of just future of the NBA prospect type thing. Kinda of fun to watch. I don't know if zach Zach Lane technically still fits in the prospects young guy category of the NBA, but it feels sure. like he's been around forever and a half. Um but just kind of a fun game. It's a really high scoring game. I know it's four over time, so it doesn't really count, but you know, it does. Yeah. It's a win for the for the Bulls. Loss if you're trying to get Zion. But uh, anyway, that's that's the news. You got to keep up with the Knicks. Can't be winning that many games. Nope. Um,
0: so now we're gonna transition into our NBA thought of the week. Matt, what's your thought
1: of the week? So talking about a team, um, just mentioned Portland. So they lost that game to to Toronto, just mentioned. But otherwise, on this Eastern Conference road trip um, that includes their game today, they've gone five and one. Mm. Um, now I know the East has. Has its has its teams that you feel like you can take advantage of, um, but they they came out and they they knocked off like Boston in that um, they beat Charlotte today like there were a couple of nice ones in there I think they beat Brooklyn also yep. so like it's not just like they were playing the like the Hawks or the Knicks or whatever right. um, every single game so I think that's that's important that bumps the team's overall road record this year to fifteen and sixteen. Would you try and be around five hundred on the road? Of course you'd love to be better than that, but if you can keep around five hundred at home and then play as well as they do at home, like that's a that's a really good team. My only like concern thought is right now, Portland's still only sitting in the the three spot. Them and Oklahoma City kinda just toggle back and forth between who's the three and who's the four even though Portland's kind of figuring it out, getting it together, like, they look good. I mean, they very easily could have won that Toronto game. My, my thought is, okay, you got about 20 games left. I mean, look, they played 63, so they got 19 games left. So, even if they, they keep on this pace, they get to 49, maybe even 50 wins. Mm-hmm. Do they still get bounced in the first round? Oh, <laughs> man. Because you're having to play some combination or, or some sort out of okay say Houston Utah maybe even San Antonio in the first round I, d- I mean that's not very promising that's tough, yeah that's a tough draw <laughs> like and part of me I, I know I, at the beginning of the year I had picked Portland to miss just because I thought this would kind of be like the year you just keep doing the same old same old thing and the talent it, gap starts to show yeah and like it just kind of ends up imploding um similar to like what happened with like Minnesota this year mm. or or New Orleans this year and it didn't like they catch it together they knew what they were doing it's worked out they're they're a great home team like I said they're 24 and 8 at home this year don't like, lose at home so part of me is like you know I'm, I've been really impressed with Portland I said it from the beginning I love Dane but he's really balled out CJ's starting to get it together even a little bit more now the role guys are playing well But I'm still not confident in this team in going into the playoffs. And it's not just about what happened last year in the playoffs against New Orleans. It's just I still don't know what really separates them from all those other teams we just sprouted off. Because there's only like a four-game difference between all of them. And if people still think the Lakers can make the playoffs, not many people according to our Twitter poll. But if there are people (laughs) who can still think the Lakers can make the playoffs, why can't... One of these other teams, kind of either one or two of these other teams, will eat Frog Portland, and or put them just in a bad spot yeah. going forward into the playoffs. I don't know. I I want to see the tra- Blazers do well. I I like what they have. I like their stars, but I still don't feel confident in them. It's like kind of that like paradox that. Toronto, I keep
0: bringing this up, but Toronto's in. like they had two really a uh, really good backcourt get to the playoffs, and it just would never work. Yeah, and like neither one could sync up on like having good games at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a Portland issue too. So it's going to be interesting going into playoffs this year. Like if they draw Houston, like that's to me like that's just like the worst thing. That's the worst matchup you could ask for. Like get, getting James Harden. Like granted, fouls aren't called as much, but.
1: Houston's probably going to win that series. Uh, yeah, Chris Paul kind of coming back and starting to get it together too. He's looked better. So I, w- I would rather draw Utah than, yeah. than Houston right now. And yep. just knowing what tri- the Portland Trailblazers have, like they like to play their center, Yusuf Nurkic. They like Zach Collins. They like they like to have a big guy there. And actually Utah would fit that mold a little bit better. So, yeah, I, I, I want them to, for what they are and what – I want to see them succeed. I want them to keep their three spot right now, and the Jazz keep the six, just for their sake. Mm. But there's a very good chance that that won't happen because it's only a two and a half game difference between them and Utah right now for the six. Right, like twenty or so games for all these teams left. Like that's still a lot of time for a lot of playoff matchups. still being yeah. played too. Lakers so like- will come up, and that uh, that's going to be a uh, a huge impact in this playoff seeding in the West. So. All this being said, I I want to like Portland, but I need them to either go on like a true hot streak to end the year and into the playoffs, or they're kind of in the same position. They just happen to make the playoffs that I thought they'd be in at the beginning of the year. Yeah, Uh, Dame, so much
0: fun to so much fun to watch well my thought of the week is about uh serge Ibaka and the t- toronto raptors serge my man <laughs> played for the oklahoma city thunder for so long um but uh friday you bring up portland and um them losing to toronto friday i was on twitter and saw a lot of uh, toronto fans unhappy with the way serge was playing and i thought serge was having a good year and statistically he he's having a pretty good year but now with mark saw coming over from uh, memphis and the trade right before the trade deadline um kind of looking at serge's splits um coming off the bench so in 11 games coming off the bench he's put averaged close to 23 minutes 11 points, which is a 5-point dip when he's a starter. Yeah. Um, almost a 10% field goal percentage drop. Yeah, So under 50, 46%, shooting 18% from 3 when coming off the bench. Sounds about right. <laughs> and uh, his plus-minus goes from uh, 5.7 when he's a starter to negative 1.5. Yikes. That's like a 7-point drop. Yeah. It's just... Sounds like Serge Baca. And, like, you look at his plus-minus. Even in the win against Portland, he was negative 18.
1: Yeah, he struggled.
0: He only had two points in 15 minutes. And even the game before that, he only had 19 minutes. And, like, his minutes have dropped, really, since Marc Gasol has come back. Naturally, because Marc Gasol is going to eat up some of that minutes. But if he's going to play that badly coming off the bench... Like, you can't really play him coming down the stretch, right?
1: That's the thing. Like, Marc Gasol is a better player. Yeah. Straight up. They're both around the same age. Yeah. Like, they they truly are. And Marc Gasol's like, ability to pass just fits in so much more with what this Toronto team is and, and needs than what yep. Serge Ibaka can do. And honestly, defensively, I that was Ibaka's thing at this point. Him and Gasol are the same if Gasol's not better yep. than him. So yeah, I'm I want to say Serge's perimeter defense should keep him like in the rotation for sure once you get to the playoffs. And also once you get to the playoffs like you need a backup big and they really don't have many options otherwise. But it's hard I, I mean, don't know. Yeah, can you convince Serge Ibaka to take a back seat and say like, "Yeah, you've been the starter for a lot of the year. Yeah, Valentinus has been out, so you've been it. But look, if we want to win a chip, you're gonna have to you have to do your thing Accept this role and but i'm saying like there should be no reason his his three-point percentage drops that hard his field goal percentage drops that hard yeah in the in the times when he's coming off the bench maybe you can say some of that is nick nurse like yo you need to stagger your your quality guys but
0: the thing about i guess i kind of going back through he played a lot of minutes with kyle lowry
1: Even that's the thing, like, and Kyle Lowry should be getting him open.
0: Yeah, like the that that pick and roll should be working theoretically, Um, and like even he had a really good February. Ibaka had a good February. Like only uh, nine games played, fifty five percent from the field, thirty five percent from three, which was an uptick from January, which was a twenty percent, and he was a plus minus of three point six, a plus three point six. So like that's what you want that's exactly what you want from Serge in 26 minutes that that's exactly what you want but it's concerning if you're thinking about coming bringing him off the bench like his numbers are just so bad like he just plays so poorly and compared to Mark Gasol like in this one game against Portland he was a plus 23 in 32 minutes
1: and had 19 points like yeah um, Marcus Gasol is like what they think Serge Ibaka should actually be. Yeah. Or what they want him to actually be. And that's the thing. Like, I think this is more just mental for Serge as much as anything. Like, it's only a few minutes less. It's only like five, six, seven minutes less per game. Yeah. That they're asking him to really like go down by for Marcus Gasol. Or and really, like, that lineups. that
0: prolongs your career. this is what he should want as like a shot former shot blocker he doesn't block very many shots now but like this is what you want like to be able to prolong your career right to get and like even his contract they have him on another year i
1: think for like 18 million dollars i'd say do you have that in front of you because yeah i would say he still has more than just this year for sure which um, is like part of the concern is like he's on your team, like you gotta make sure he's happy. Yeah. You know, relatively. I don't I know you can't really like build a team being like, Oh, is this guy happy? when it's just a guy like Serge Ibaka. Yeah. And it's not, you know, Kawhi Leonard and we talk about Kawhi resting that's different than Serge Ibaka doing what Serge Ibaka does.
0: Yeah, so he's this year um, at 21 million, yeah. 21 and a half, and then next year at 23, just a little bit over 23. Um, so it's a sending and it's his last year on the deal, but like if you want to bring Marcus Gasol back, well he could opt
1: in. Marcus Gasol could just opt in to his next I year. I guess that's true. Um, but even so like it would raise the question of like trading Serge. Which he's been
0: traded <laughs> uh let's see here. Twice now since he was on
1: Oklahoma City. Traded to, to Orlando. Orlando. Jesus in the Ola Depot deal. Yeah. First time. And then sent to Toronto. Yep. Yikes. Yep.
0: So that's my thought is like, man, Serge really has to kinda of find his way. Like he has to reinvent himself. Cause he he's been willing to play the center this year, which he hasn't done in the past. But like you gotta be willing to like change and adapt with the
1: season change change what the team needs you to be yeah yeah that's your the role. thing like they the problem was still kind of there when they had Valentinus it was just Valentinus was a little bit more heavy footed and so you maybe he just kind of thought like you know when it comes to the playoff minutes or whatever like those are going to be mine and now like I'm not saying Marcus is fleet of foot but <laughs> but it's manageable you can get him it fits, he fits better in the East
0: playing against like Joel Embiid and even Al Horford or I don't know, oh. whatever,
1: Hassan Whiteside, if you really have to play the Heat. Yeah. Um, I mean, even some other bigs like Miles Turner, who still Miles doesn't Turner. step out yeah. enough, um, or guys like that. Yeah. So Jared Allen and, and those. So yeah, you're right. Like, in theory, like Serge should, should still work on this team overall. But if he's not, this does not need to be a problem for Toronto.
0: And side note, on this podcast, I called to trade him at the beginning of the season. You I said, did. You got to trade Serge Ibaka because his his production's going to slip. And here we are. Yep, production slipping. <laughs> Anyways, we'll move on to our one and only topic of the of this week, which is disappointing teams in the NBA.
1: And oh, man. We were able to call it, even though it sounds like a disappointing segment, because it's two of the most notable teams, like teams in the news, M- mostly the Celtics the, and the Lakers.
0: Yeah. I'm so, I'm thankful we're not talking. I was worried at some point in this year, Oklahoma City would be on this podcast topic. But outside of being a constant worrier, because I'm a <laughs> fan, uh, they are not. So that's a
1: relief. But your Boston Celtics are. They definitely are. So just quick. Celtics are 38-25, and 25, which just in itself doesn't sound that bad. But they're 1-4 since the All-Star break. Three of those games um, are on the road. And that doesn't even count the what the Houston Rockets are doing to them right now, which is up 23 at halftime. Um, so, yeah, not looking great there. With Boston, like, in the disappointments, obviously that, like, they're not on pace to be this, like, 55-60 win team. Like, a lot of people thought, including me, thought, like, they could get to. I knew, like, that was a really high number. But, you know, I could still, like, reasonably thought I could hope for, like, 50. Just knowing, like, what we had and everything. And um, it's not been that. It's been good, but it's not been that. And that's why Boston, to date, is sitting in the five seed. Now... There's no way they'll fall below the five, but there's there's still hope they can bump up. Indiana's at 41-23, um, to so they're two and a half behind Indiana. So not For, too far out. So not too far out, and Indiana's schedule, which we talked about last week, is about to get brutally hard mm-hmm. um, with this Western Conference stretch they're about to have to go on. But just a couple things, um, and we'll talk more about it, but a couple things that have kind of been brought up with the Celtics. Um they're like, a lot of people have asked, are the Celtics better without Kyrie? And uh, I think obviously not. I'll point in point are like, but look at their record without Kyrie. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, so they've won their last six games when Kyrie hasn't played. And I also looked at who they played. Because <laughs> um, that's kind of important too. Um, Detroit, they, they beat Philly by three. Okay, that's actually kind of impressive. Cleveland, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Cleveland. So, Bunch you know, trash. <laughs> guys and teams that aren't making the playoffs or are sub 500. Yeah. You know, because even though like Brooklyn's been like this really nice story, Brooklyn's currently sitting at 32 and 33. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's not like Brooklyn's just blowing the doors off of right. like Indiana is. Um, So really, there's one good win in there, which is the Philly game. And that's more like... Al Horford just has Joel Embiid's number. And it's yeah, it like whenever Boston plays Philly, like Boston just somehow always wins because Joel Embiid can't score against Al Horford. It's like, I don't know. I think it's like in Philadelphia's
0: brain that they can't beat Boston. They're in their head. They, they own headspace. Either that or like... Uh, Nick Foles like sacrificed something in Philadelphia and <laughs> no one can beat uh, now like Philadelphia teams can't beat Boston teams from- go to
1: Jacksonville
0: go to Nick Jacksonville
1: <laughs> um And so that's kind of my thing. Like, one, this team needs Kyrie. If they want to actually make the NBA finals or, like, make a deep playoff push, like, you need Kyrie. Like, there's no way around that. My problem is with the other guys Mm. and watching this team. And you and I were watching this um, Houston-Boston game before we hopped on the pod. It's rough. Man. <laughs> it is rough watching Jalen Brown sometimes. It, I, feel, I, I
0: want to love Jalen Brown. Like, I legit want to love Jalen Brown. Like, it he's is, everything yeah. you want in a wing in the NBA. Plays yeah. defense, can shoot threes, can get to the rim. Um, yeah. Can guard your best player,
1: even. And that's the thing. Like, it's not just Jalen Brown, but, like, how... Or not Al Horford. Al Horford's wonderful. Never leave. Um, (laughs) But, like, watching Gordon Hayward sometimes, watching Terry Rozier sometimes, and not just, like, today's game, but over the course of, like, the season. And, like, sometimes it's just really hard to watch these guys. Like, Marcus Smart, I love him. He he just very much, like, embodies Boston. But sometimes, like, he still does really... Dumb things on the offensive side.
0: What and do you mean, like hook threes? Hook threes, and I've never behind, seen that before Throw in my behind life the back Mark-
1: passes. Oh my god! Um, out of the low post, which doesn't make any sense um, for what he is, and it's just like stuff like that just keeps popping up with this team, and it, it's like they just haven't been in sync all year. So one. My, one of my biggest problems is Jalen Brown. He just seems so in, uninspired and out of touch sometimes. There are some times where it looks like, man, he is just ding up James Harden. Yeah. And there are other times, like, he's his defense assignment's Gerald Green, talking about today's game, and he, like, refuses to help off of Gerald Green in the corner, and he just lets James Harden drive for layups. Yeah. It's just, it's so hard because you, like, I know Jalen Brown's one of the smartest people in the NBA. Like, you can't just go to Cal Berkeley to play basketball. Like, you got to get accepted. There. Right. He's like the VP of the NBA Players Association. Like, he knows a, what he's doing. He's a really smart guy. And yet, sometimes it's like, do you not understand how to rotate on defense? Yep. <laughs> like, and it's not just like, I'm picking out one instance it's like this happens like three or four times a quarter it feels like.
0: Well like go to that point I was uh, I think it was Portland I caught like some highlight Uh, I think the NBA tweeted out the NBA Twitter account tweeted out like a highlight video of Dame and Kyrie going Mm -hmm. at each other. One of the plays was like a high pick and roll I think with like Ennis Cantor and um, Dame and like you could tell like you could see in the frame Jason Tatum was out on the wing and they weren't, the pick and roll was not going to Jason Tatum's side. It was going to the other side of the floor. And, like, there was no one in the paint, and Jason Tatum was pointing in the paint. Like, someone rotate, someone get over there. And, like, you see, eventually Jalen Brown just kind of jog over the
1: paint. But by then, Dame was it's at the rim late. and putting in the ball. Yeah, exactly. So, this it just happens so often. Like, even if he does eventually get over there, like, it's too late. And so, it's just kind of like those types of things, like, between him and Hayward again, I don't know if it's it just looks like Hayward still like isn't confident in himself. Yeah. Um, he was having like a good stretch before the all star break in February, but since the all star break he's kind of gone back to that December January type player, which is just kind of there yeah and and so that leads me to my next question. So we got Gordon Hayward signed for the next two years Ooh. thirty oh, on average about thirty three million for each of those years. Marcus Morris is a free agent, which he's played pretty well this year. Rough couple last games, but overall I'd say it's been a successful year for him. He's like at the beginning of the year, he hit everything he took. Yeah. And well, it's not... I witnessed that. <laughs> we witnessed it in person. I still have nightmares about that. I'm yelling mook from the third third row God. or third section of Chesapeake Arena. Um, so would you rather have Gordon Hayward at million a year for the next two years. Or would you rather have Marcus Morris on the Derek Favors contract? $18 million a year for the next two years. What do you think? Um, As
0: of right now, I want Marcus Morris on that two-year $18 million. Because if you're going to get Anthony Davis, you can't... I think Mook can come off and play off the bench yeah gordon hayward just hasn't proven to be anything you want on his team like he's not effective shooting the three ball like you would rather just give the ball to jalen brown or jason tatum
1: i'd rather give it to tatum yeah I don't know about Jalen Brown. But, yeah, like this year with Boston, Gordon Hayward, and he's taken three and a half, three-point attempts per game. One, I want, I want that more to be like five or six. And he's only hitting it at a 33% clip. So he's like right now.
0: Just at league average? Right just above below.
1: League, yeah. Just below league average. And even his two-point percentage, it's like right at 49%, 50%. But I, I don't know. I'm just I'm uninspired to watch him play. He averages four and a half rebounds, three and a half assists, which I don't mind those numbers. I wish they were a tick higher, but I mean I know he's only playing twenty six minutes a game. Yeah. On average, right now, I don't. He's taking eight, eight and a half shots per game. I don't know how Jason or Jason Gordon Hayward can really do what I want him to do and what his team needs him to do on eight and a half shots per game.
0: Well, like that's the thing. He kind of needs to run as like a unit. Like, that's what made him so good in Utah was playing that, like, point-forward position. It was, like, get him the ball
1: and just let him run the offense. And so, like, okay, let him run the bench with Terry, Jalen, Shimmy Ojale, him, and uh, then a big, like, Aaron Baines or Daniel Tyser or or whomever, if you just want to go complete um, one starting unit, bench unit. But then it's, like, and this is part of the overall problem with Boston, it's that Terry... He's done an okay job of like the mentality of accepting it, but he hasn't played particularly well when he has played. Of like, I have to come off the bench. He yeah, st- like he still knows what he can do and should be doing. Well, he's and, gonna
0: get paid this. Like, yeah,
1: he, he's gonna get paid this summer. And and then you got someone like Jalen Brown who who's openly said like I'm frustrated like yeah. by my role and the expectations for what i had for myself and everyone else had for myself versus what's actually happening and so it's like borderline like these guys aren't letting him run the second unit right. because they want to get theirs also and it's like how do you do that when there's also guys like kyrie on this team or marcus smart on this team right or jason tatum on this team or marcus morris on this team it's like Gordon Hayward, like, isn't the clear next guy to, like, run the run the team if Kyrie's out. Or Kyrie isn't—or just out of the game, not even yeah. out as, like, an injury. Just out of the game. Like, it's not very clearly who is the next guy that runs the the team out on the floor. I, would, I think it should be Gordon Hayward if Gordon Hayward is what Gordon Hayward can be. But for whatever reason, he's not allowed— or not capable of doing it. Yeah. So that's why part of me is like, I almost agree. I'd rather have Marcus Morse at $18 million a year for the next two years. Someone who can be consistent in their production and know their role than Gordon Hayward at 33.
0: Yeah. it. I mean, that's, that's a max deal. And that's like, you reserve those for the Kyries, the Katie's, the, those top tier guys. And like, he just hasn't had that production. And a, I think a part of me wonders, this probably still would have happened if he wouldn't have gotten injured because like Jason Tatum still probably develops into the same type of player. Like future all-star, future
1: wing all-star. Like well that was the plan, was to still like this quote unquote like poison lineup that Celtics have of uh Kyrie Brown. Tatum, Hayward, Horford, that like that was the plan whenever they got Tatum. Now yep. they didn't know he'd be it that quickly. Right. But like that was the plan. And so part of me is like, you're right, this problem still actually comes about if if Gordon Hayward never gets hurt. Cause I'm sure some guys would lean more towards Al or Jalen Brown and he would still be taking a step forward and they'd have like this young guy's like I don't want to say club, but like collection of guys that came in all around the same time, Tatum, Brown, Rosier, that still know like they're playing for like a good second contract. Yeah. You're right. This problem's still probably, but I think it'd be a little bit more clear. Like, no guys, it is Hayward. And yeah. by now, like it would be figured out. But as of today, sitting at 38 and 25 in year two of the Gordon Hayward experience, it's, it's not Hayward number two. And I, but you're paying him. like yeah. that. And that's a problem. And so that's why part of this is a money question, but part of this is a role question also. Like, what do you build your team with? Yeah. I, I just
0: feel like Mook has been more outspoken. Like, you want to talk about, like, leadership in general. Like, he's been more outspoken about the issues. And, like, Gordon Hayward really hasn't said much. I know he probably doesn't feel like he has room because he hasn't really played all that well. Yeah. But, like... You need, like, vocal leaders. And, like, you have Kyrie, but you actually need, like, I leaders. No
1: yeah, I have no problem with, like, anything Marcus Morris has said this year. Because it's been right, and it's been done in a more honest way. Yeah. Whereas, like, Kyrie's, it's like... Because of, like, the potential of him leaving, it seems so... Backhanded, yeah, like a little, like the compliment isn't really a compliment, yeah, or whatever. Or Marcus Morris, like his seems just more genuine. Maybe that's the right word. um, Well, he he also
0: knows his role very well.
1: Yeah, he knows who he is. He knows where he's been, and he knows what's going to happen for him for the next two to five years of his NBA career. Like he knows what path he's on. Kyrie, like, doesn't really. I don't think Kyrie knows like where he's going or like what his path is. is it a team up with Kevin Durant? is mm. it a build up with Boston like what is Kyrie's future? I don't think Kyrie knows, and that provides trouble he also Kyrie I bring this up, learn from LeBron James on how to lead a team, <laughs> which is not the best I don't think at this point best way to learn I'd say segue, segueing over to the Lakers <laughs> um and their problems, you're right not going great there either <laughs> um like you're sitting at 30 and 33 um that's currently good for 10th in the west um Jeez. still like the kings um are in the nine spot like and the clippers are in the eighth spot in the west um Yeah, 2-4 and since the All-Star break. And (laughs) includes a loss to the Suns the other day, which was just comical. LeBron throwing an inbounds pass off the backboard! (sighs) Like, just ridiculous. And after, like, just a bad defensive play, too. Oh, my God. And that just epitomized, like, what this team's been like. And, honestly, one of those two wins was they were in a battle with the Pelicans, but then the Pelicans didn't play Anthony Davis for the fourth quarter. (laughs) And uh LA was able to squeak out that win. So, the Lakers have have been struggling. You know who's not struggling though? Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. <laughs> Since the All-Star break, he's gone for points. 27, 29, 32, 23, 31 and 25. Okay. Okay i'll eat my words i want brandon ingram on my team i'm back on the bandwagon
0: i was very vocally i think around december i said i was out on brandon ingram
1: and lonzo ball can't but he, i'm back on ingram can't be out on him yet now brandon ingram it, it you're right it's been a tough year overall for brandon ingram like that's not uh a really even a discussion like it just has been But since the All Star break, I don't know what happened. I don't know what fancy restaurant LeBron took him (laughs) to out in L.A. But something's different now. Like, have you got to watch much Lakers since the All Star break? Here
0: and there, I've watched maybe two or three games. Um, he's been so good. Like his turnaround, he'll get like a smaller guard or even a, a guy like his size, and he'll just get into the paint, back him down, and he has this turnaround that he just like doesn't miss.
1: He's got the longest arms. yeah <laughs> Like he can just shoot over everyone. Like now.
0: my complaint has been like he doesn't really shoot threes and he's been better at that, like, over the last month ish. Um, but like, man, his jump shot is getting better. Like at least inside
1: the paint or around the paint. Yeah, as I it's still it still doesn't look fluid from three. It's still kinda hitchy. Yeah. And part of it's just like the ridiculously long arms that looks like they're just flailing (laughs) whenever he brings the ball up and it's like right at the end he has like a decent shooting motion like right as he's about to let the ball go but nothing up until that looks like a good shooting motion like his feet even like i don't know they flail they do he just it's just his kind of body type is like six nine six ten but only like 190 pounds like he's just not a big dude he's He's gotten bigger since he got into the league, but he's just yep. not a big dude. Uh, that's why he's only shooting 33% from three this year on 1.8 attempts per game. Don't love that. Don't don't love that at all. But you're right; like it's looking better now. He looks more confident now. He's doing. He's been able to catch and shoot more. LeBron's back, mm-hmm. and I think like it looks
0: pretty good when he's catching and shooting compared to like creating himself. Um, but like even his ball handling, like him running the offense, it looks good.
1: Yeah, no, I I think the Lakers should still feel like pretty good about his development because he's still only 21. He'll turn 22 in September. Yeah, like he has a late birthday, and this is still only his his third year. And it's like if you go look at like his progress, yeah, like his three point shooting is down this year. He was shooting 39 percent on the same amount of attempts per game um, from three in terms of last season, but. This year, like, his field goal percentage has gone up again. His shot attempts have gone up. His effective field goal percentage has gone up. He still needs to get better as a free throw shooter. But... The whole Lakers team needs to get better as that a That is throw. very true. <laughs> like, he's having, like, better performances, more consistent performances. Um, and I think LeBron does help that because... Yeah. In theory, it should make everyone's job easier, and you're right. Like Brandon Ingram has has stepped up reasonably well, but it hasn't translated to wins. And I don't know what that means because LeBron's still getting the numbers that LeBron gets.
0: So interesting thing. I was watching uh, Milwaukee Lakers on mm-hmm. Friday. It's a good game. It was a really good game. LeBron just doesn't look right still. Like no. he looks like a step slow. Like I forgot. I think it was Ilyasova who was like got a switch on him and like Giannis came over and was able to strip the ball on a way up to the layup. And normally on a switch like that, LeBron, it's a dunk
1: for LeBron. There's not even time for anyone else to come over. Or if the guy does just jump over, LeBron hits the open guy. Right. And you're right. No, he does not seem a hundred percent, but it's like he, he knew he had to come back. He knew he had to quote unquote activate playoff mode earlier. This is a bad playoff mode. But, like, and, and Rondo's still in and out with injuries all year. Ball, like we said at the beginning in the in the news, he's been out for, like, a month and a half already with an yeah. ankle sprain. Like, he, he's not back. Like, they're, they were playing, like, an eight-man rotation with no point guard, essentially, yeah. right now. And it's just a mess of a team. Like, yeah, LeBron's putting up his numbers. Like, Reggie Bullock is all of a sudden important. A guy who they kind of... <laughs> got off the scrap heap in the trade deadline, even though looking back at it, like Detroit probably could have got more. Like, he should not be this important as just a three-point shooter. It gets back to the overall problems, though, of what we've talked about all year, which is building this team incorrectly around LeBron. Man, I... I feel
0: bad because Luke Walton's going to lose his job at the end of this year. Like, I feel like that's kind of a foregone conclusion. Oh, if they miss the playoffs, he's for sure gone. And it's
1: not, like, I don't think any of it's his fault. I wouldn't say, there's a little bit that's his fault. Like, 10%. But, but yeah, I would not, I'm not even close to majority his fault.
0: Like, you can't say, like, JaVale McGee and, like, I don't know. Who'd they get? Rondo. Like they, Lance Stevenson, who's not even... Michael re-
1: Beasley's not even in the league anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Like, Mike Muscala, you acquired him, but he's still not, like, really playing for you. Like, you traded Zubach for Mike Muscala, who isn't really playing. Which is oh, geez, but, but such like, a bad deal. Yeah, like, Mike Muscala's only playing 10 minutes a game since he's come over to the Lakers. But you're right, like, this team's very dependent on Josh Hart, KCP, JaVale McGee, Reggie Bullock, like... Even to an extent, like, they they really like Tyson Chandler and Lance Stevenson.
0: Tyson Chandler is, like, 38.
1: Yeah, 36. But he looks like he's, like, 45. Yeah! playing sometimes. So, yeah, and he doesn't really do much besides just clog up the paint defensively. They wanted playmakers. Like, what, what can you say? More and, playmakers, not shooters. And... Ingram just hasn't been the shooter. Kuzma's been hot and cold as a three-point shooter. He's down to 31%. Kuzma, for a large majority of the season, you could argue has been the second best Laker.
0: Yeah, after LeBron, I would say so. And as, now
1: Ingram has been the second best Laker since all. As break. of late, yeah. But, but Kuzma has been for a good portion of the year. I wouldn't say he's the second most important player, but mm. he's. He's played the best, yep. but maybe that's more of a, a backhanded compliment to the rest of their roster. I
0: mean, it, it kind of it should be,
1: right? Oh, it definitely should be. <laughs> but like, there's just no consistency in this team. There's just no like real. It seems like fluid, like togetherness. I don't. I don't even know what phrase to like describe it. Like, and maybe part of that is Luke Walton's fault. But maybe part Hold of it's it. like this is you know what are you supposed to work with
0: a lot of it has been injuries too like but then again it goes back to building the team like you brought in guys who frequently get injured like rondo he seems to miss like half the season
1: with he's at 29 games right now
0: just with random injuries and with 20 to go he's probably gonna hit right at 41
1: yeah if he comes back and lonzo's at 47 even like yeah I, it's very confusing, like why they did what they did, and it doesn't surprise the results. Now it does still somewhat surprise me that they they didn't make or they're probably not going to make the playoffs. And we we put out that poll, and what you said, we have no one that's voted yes. On yeah. the, like, as, of right, play- as of right now, there's yeah. like a day left on it. Yeah, um, all no votes, and it's like 14 no votes, 15 no, no. votes. Yeah, and so it's like. And I, I I replied with like the Lakers schedule coming up. I didn't put Homer away, but they have like the Clippers, Nuggets, Celtics. Okay, Bulls, they'll probably win that one. Raptors, Pistons. They'll probably beat the Knicks in the next one. Bucks, Nets, Kings, Wizards, Jazz, Hornets, Pelicans, Thunder, Warriors, Clippers, Jazz, Trailblazers. Like that's I think I heard like that's the the fourth most difficult schedule to end the season and they got to win what like 16 games they got to win 15 yeah games? i mean and they you have to make up four and a half games now and that's the thing like okay so they're at what did i say 30 and 33 yeah so that that's only 19 games left to go out and win 15 of them because right now it looks like 45 wins will get you into the playoffs or or right on the line so you got to go 15 and 4 in those last few games, all right, so you got the bulls and the Knicks for for a couple of those wins, but actually you should have had the suns you should have had the suns yeah you you hope you can knock off the wizards, okay, so that's a third win outside of that, like there's nothing in this ross or in this um schedule coming up that's like a close to guaranteed win. Because even like the pistons will give you a little bit of fits.
0: Well, if it's like, on the, Kings... the road too, like the, the an underlining problem on this team is they're just horrendous on the
1: road. They yeah, they're real bad. I mean, they're not that great at home either, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's not good um, for this team, and I think of that of all that schedule the probably most important games are the two against the clippers and one against the kings
0: those are in division
1: yeah yeah those are the teams fighting for that last playoff spot because we were talking off air they've already played the spurs four times this year and they lost that series 3-1 so unless you just flat out pass the spurs you can't tie them like they're pretty much only playing for the eight seed right now and you got three games against the other teams battling for that eight seed. You got to sweep those, and then, man, how are you supposed to knock off Denver right now? How are you supposed to knock off Toronto right now, or the Bucks, or even the Jazz, the Thunder, maybe the Warriors if they're already resting guys? Like, how even, are you supposed to be any of these teams right now? Even then, like. The Warriors will still like it, even if they rest like KD, they're still gonna play Stephen Clay. I'll say they do the Anthony Davis thing. Everyone plays twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like that, they're still probably beating the Lakers <laughs> unless LeBron just goes superhuman, which is possible. There's a there is still a decent chance that LeBron just goes superhuman and gets this team in.
0: Well, the thing is, that's different this year because it's in the Western Conference. Yeah, like in the East, yeah, you could kind of like what thirty and thirty three would probably be like the five right now. Five six, six.
1: the six. Yeah, it's what the Nets are basically at at the six.
0: So, like, yeah, you're in the playoffs. You don't really have to. Yeah, you can go superhuman and move up to three. But you're fighting for the eight seed. Oh, and guess what? When you play the eighth, you know who you draw? The, the Golden
1: State Warriors. <laughs> And, yeah, that's a four or five-game series, in all honesty. So, I mean, maybe it's five or six because assuming they get into the playoffs, they'd have to be red hot. But you're right. Like, they're not getting through that. And where does that leave you still? A a worse draft pick (laughs) going forward. I, I just don't know what to do with this. Like,
0: we talked about Boston. At least they have, like, young guys who you can believe in. Yeah. Like either, legit, believe in like believe Tat-
1: in as building your team or real trade assets. <laughs>
0: like Tatum is like legit. I don't know. Like at, I've we've said. Like I've said. I'm back on the Ingram bandwagon. I'm not convinced he's ever gonna be an all star.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know who's going to end up having the better career, but right now, like, I feel more hopeful about Jason Tatum because he's only in his second year, whereas Ingram's in his third. And like, that's the thing you get—you have GMs buy into
0: whenever you're training is hope.
1: Yeah, and and right now, I would say Tatum's definitely the better trade asset. If you're not sure who's going to have a better career, I'd say Tatum's better trade asset right now.
0: I mean, if the Pel—okay, both teams are interested in the Pelicans in the pelicans both teams are interested in anthony davis from he's the pelicans the,
1: he's basically the pelicans okay
0: <laughs> that's a good point okay so you're the pelicans gm right now danny Jerry just, just yep and i offer you a trade package
1: that includes tatum or a trade package that includes ingram who are you taking I mean they already turned down the Ingram one. So Tatum, yeah, no, you would pick the Tatum one, Tatum and whatever, versus Ingram and whatever. Unless the Celtics just weren't attaching picks and the Lakers were attaching all the picks. But yeah, like, like even it, then though, like those are bad picks. They're in, they're almost in the second round. So I mean the Tatum deal. Like it, it just works better. It seems like Tatum seems like a better fit. He seems to know more what his role is gonna be in the NBA and he's a confident player. Whereas Ingram's just not, and I think that's a huge thing when you're trying to get a superstar or like trying to make a playoff push in a really tough conference. Like, You got to have dudes that are like confident. Give me the ball and get the ML yeah. Away. So and at least Tatum's shown that in the playoffs this year. It seems like he's he's still quite a bit submissive um, to Kyrie, which isn't the worst thing ever, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes a little too much, like in early in the game. So uh, yeah, I'd probably go with the the Tatum idea more so and all this to me kind of goes and we we've hit on it a little bit it's like the leadership of both of these teams (laughs) like attitude reflects leadership
0: yeah so that's a uh, remember the titans
1: quote uh and and we got um lebron out here who's been in the media and then you see all these young guys not playing well you see kyrie all up in the media the young guys not playing well. Maybe the, like maybe those young guys like they they just can't hear it that way. Like unless it's just like a a random Marcus Morris comment like they really can't handle it. Well, okay, here's my thing. Is that LeBron had a quote I
0: think after the Pelicans game this past week where um he said something like if you're not focused on basketball, like this is this should be your number one priority. And then like the day before like Space Jam 2 was announced with yeah. featuring LeBron. It's like You're so hypocritical right now. Yeah, you have multiple NBA championships. But he can handle it. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think
1: LeBron's just as distracted as any other Laker. He's distracted, but he's talented. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's a fair point. he, He can still go out there and get you, like, 30, 10, and 8. Whereas Ingram, if Ingram's distracted, I feel like he's putting up, like, 15, 3, and 2. Yeah, I guess that's
0: a fair point. And on the other side of that, hearing about like how like some of these players are obsessed with Fortnite and stay up way too late playing Fortnite, it's like man, you gotta understand, you got a job to do. Like you Were gotta you go to bed.
1: Millions of dollars, Just, yeah. And then something that's starting to get talked about a little bit, and we mentioned it with Luke Walton, like the coaching hasn't been stellar. Like I'm not talking about the X's and O's. I'm talking about like the managing egos, which is like to me. The number one priority of like an NBA head coach now. It's like, yeah. how do you make the guys work together? Like, or like, can you? Well, so I, to play devil ad,
0: devil's advocate on this, you talked about Portland and how you thought it would blow up. It's like Damian Lillard, like, no one talks about it, but he's like the leader of that team. I know. And he, he like, any player who comes in and, he's, and like they start doing something, he'll pull them aside and say, no, we don't do it that way here. I know. It's like, where is that for the Lakers and Celtics? Like, who's that player who will, like, quietly set the culture and help the coach do that? Because, like, Terry Stotts is, I think, an okay coach. I don't think a phenomenal coach. but he's good. He's good. But, like, he has a dude in the locker room who will say, like, no, this is the, our culture and this is how we do it. And I don't, like, Kyrie just hasn't done that. Like, he his
1: solution has been turning to the media. Well, I think one like, Dame is clearly, clearly more talented than anyone else in that roster and has been for years, and so he's kind of, like, developed that credibility. Yeah. Whereas, like, Kyrie still kind of just got there. LeBron still kind of just got there. But part of me is, like, also, I need, like, Brad Stevens to be like, look, Kyrie is the best. I need him to come out, and not just to the media, and to the team. Look, Kyrie is our best player. We're not winning without him. Get in line. Yeah. And, like... He is, he is our number one, our number two, and our number three option. After that, I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> but, like, I need... Like, and clearly LeBron's more talented than everyone else on on his team. But in some ways, like, that still fits. Like, look, guys. Yeah, we have LeBron. But if if you're not going to do what he says, like, th- this isn't going to work. Yep. And, like, you borderline need, like, the coach to back up the player or the player to back up the coach. Really it's a chicken and the egg argument to me because they both need to happen. Right. (laughs) Someone do it first and the other also do it. Just fall in line. Yeah. And, and so I feel like in a way that's what you, you mentioned with Dame, like whether it's Terry Stotts empowered Dame enough to be that way or Dame's just like, nope, this is me. And Terry's like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. (laughs) Um, or, or you're saying what everyone else is thinking. And so I'm going to back you up with it. One way or the other, like it's got to happen. Like there's got to be a pecking order, and the coach has to be able to manage that pecking order. Otherwise, you you get what's happening right now, which is a bunch of guys think I need the ball or give me the ball, and really it's like, yo, just give the ball to Al Horford and <laughs> Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, just give the ball to LeBron and and get out the way. Yeah. So let things happen. This is uh,
0: so you have this question here what does the next month hold for these two
1: teams well we just talked about the lakers a little bit like there's a very real chance like if they're not winning like 75 percent of their games they're not making the playoffs which to win games at a 75 percent clip is better than the warriors winning clip this year (laughs) like only the bucks are winning at a at a better percentage than that. the bucks are at a 76% win percentage. And what were so, they like 19 and 13 before LeBron? Um I want to say yeah, something it was something like that. It's not like they were like incredibly better in terms of wins and losses with LeBron before he got hurt. It was yeah, it was only like four or five games up like which is significant, don't get me wrong. And they would they were like the four seed at the time I think. But that's without Utah figuring it out. They so, it yeah, out. exactly. So, part of me is like, the Lakers, in theory, like, they still have enough. They still have enough to get there. But, it, man, that road is so hard, and you can't be dropping games to the— Like, they've lost games to the Hawks, the Grizzlies, and now the Suns here in the last, like, week or two. So— if you're dropping those games, because that happened, started happening right before the All-Star break and into now, so I guess the last couple weeks. Like, that's three games. How valuable would it be for Lakers to be 33-30? and 30? That would put them... A
0: game uh, and a above, half.
1: That'd be above the Kings. That'd only... Yeah, only be like a game and a half out of the eight behind the Clippers. Whereas now they're... What? I think... Four and a half. Three and a half. Yeah, four and a half. Yeah, you're right. So... I mean that's that's a huge huge difference, and you just can't be dropping those games. And so you got another one against the Pelicans coming up, but that's it. Like that's the only team worse than you that you got to play in the Western Conference. Yeah, going forward.
0: And like they could very well like Dennis Smith Jr. could have like a forty point triple double, and they could end up losing I was that saying, game.
1: What what happens if they just yeah randomly lose to the Knicks or or someone like that? <laughs> It'd be a disaster. Like, that would be it. If the Suns wasn't the nail in the coffin, like, that one would be. Yeah. the Nail in the coffin. I
0: mean, if they team. lose to the Clippers to, um, to on Monday, when this episode goes
1: live, that could be their season. That's five and a half games. And the Clippers would have an advantage going forward in yeah. terms of the series split. You're right. Like the the Lakers' season could quote unquote end like here in the next week or so. But pardon me, pardon me, just still can't fully commit to the no. Like I know I, I voted no on our yeah. Twitter one because it's the most likely probability. But part of me still can't commit to this no.
0: I mean, it's the, I've said it. LeBron James factor It's like this guy could turn out like forty five point like a final stretch. That he had in 2016 where yeah. it's like 45 points, 9 and 8,
1: and like they just make the playoffs as yeah. an 8. He might be exhausted then and they get swept because essentially like from now until the end of the season, like that's basically the amount of the games you'd have in a playoff run also. Yeah. Like he might just be gassed, but he'd at least get there. I don't... The thing is he's what, like 33 or... Something like 34 that, 34 yeah. maybe?
0: He's, I'll say, oh, uh, let's see, he is 34. So he's 34... The, like, it's, again, like, this. those injuries don't heal as quick when you're 34. Nope. Like, even if you take care of your body, like, he's just played the most minutes out of any, any NBA player. Well,
1: He's basically played, like, an extra couple seasons <laughs> based off of his playoff minutes. Yeah. So, like, he just, he plays so many playoff games, and he's, he's never, like, not had to do that. It's, it's just something that, it's a factor now, and the Lakers knew that when they signed him. LeBron knew it when he signed there but i don't obviously like the lakers did not take that into account enough when they were building this team around him yeah absolutely so there were some other disappointing teams so we'll hit on real quick um two from the <laughs> east two from the west and it's kind of just fun to keep pounding the nail on the coffin <laughs> so we've been doing it all year but it's it's still kind of fun to do um we listed out here washington miami new orleans and Minnesota. Man, I have to tip my
0: cap to you. I, I, as you were wrong about the Blazers making the playoffs, I had the Blazers in. I was wrong about Washington. Like, straight up. I didn't. I mean, like, I can't predict the wall injury, slipping and falling, tearing your Achilles, whatever. But, like, man, you hit that one right on the head.
1: Yeah. I, again, you just... It's it's kind of the same idea of what I had with Portland, except like you could see the volatility already mm. with Washington, and so you're like, you know what? know this is, this is going to break. Whereas like with Portland, it, it I anticipated the the breakup. Yeah. Coming, whereas, like, with Washington, we could already see it coming. I mean, like... But they still have talent. Like, they're still, like, a kind of competitive team, even though they have, like, no quality bigs on their team. And they... What do you mean, Dwight Howard's not quality? And um, <laughs> and they've been out John Wall for a majority of the season. You traded Otto Porter and for not a lot back. Like, this team just doesn't... I mean, they have, they have some pieces. They have Bradley Beal who's been playing out of his mind. But Trying like, to get him to the playoffs. Yeah, but, like, there's no depth to this team, or quality depth to this team. Their starters now are what their depth should be. Did they so, buy
0: out Austin Rivers? No, they traded no, they him traded, to the,
1: in the Kelly Oubre deal. Yeah, that's so right. you traded Kelly Oubre for Trevor Ariza, and that's not working out either. So, again, like, Washington, it, Wall being out is probably, like, the biggest detriment to this team. And why they're listed on this disappointing team category with what all happened to him and even how it was going when he was playing. But and the everything else is just just icing on the cake. So
0: like imagine this. Like, walls out the rest of the season and his extension his Supermax extension kicks in this next season. He's probably not gonna play that season. So probably two years into his Supermax contract, and he's gonna be finally starting to play yeah and like with achilles injuries
1: like we're saying with boogie cousins right now you don't come back the same i'll say it takes a minute to to come back from that and i mean like john wall he's already 28 years old he'll turn 29 in september So so he's gonna
0: be 30 or 31 when he comes back
1: exactly that again 30 31 year old point guard who relies on explosiveness, does not have a three-point shot, and coming off a major foot injury. Yeah, good, good luck um, with that one. So because of all those reasons, they're going to qualify for this. I put Miami on there just because the salary situation they're in. Yeah, They have so much money invested in this team, and they're not in, like, in the playoff picture right now in the East, which says a lot. If you're not in the—I mean, legitimately like— in the playoffs right now. That's that's tough. They're sitting at twenty eight and thirty four and they've gone three and seven in their last ten games. Oof. So yeah. That's
0: with Dwayne Wade like playing significant minutes.
1: I'll say that's with Dwayne Wade hitting that game winner against Golden <laughs> State. Warriors. Um Yeah, and Detroit um kinda got its bearings back. They're thirty and thirty one. Now, to me like they should pretty securely make the playoffs the way they've been playing their eight and two in their last ten. Orlando also just figured it out. Eight and two in their last ten. They're sitting at thirty and thirty-four. So if anything, Miami might be able to catch Orlando. They're only two games uh, or a game back of Orlando. But I <laughs> that's but that's the thing. Miami with how much money they have invested in this team should not be fighting Orlando for the eight seed In the Eastern Conference, no. Even with Deion Waiters like being out for a lot of the year and Goran Dragic and all that, they should like this is just like the epitome of everything we talk about. On like this is not what you want for your franchise. It's a combination of bad 2016
0: deals and like just overpaying guys like who aren't like Hassan Whiteside. Like you have another center now who's doing the exact same thing as Hassan Whiteside and younger.
1: Yeah, I'll say Bam Adebayo, and maybe he even fits better with like this. Like how you want to have your team going forward. I don't know. You've kind of found something in Justice Winslow now running this He's, point yeah. forward. He started coming mm-hmm. along. And but like overall though, like you still don't like this team. Like you like Josh Richardson, but that's I, there are not a lot of guys to get excited about for this team. It's and like all good role players you would want elsewhere, all on one team. Yeah, and um, I think Pat Riley the other day said like, yeah, we're looking to sign two max guides in twenty twenty. That's cool. So what are you doing this year and next year? You're still pushing. But like you also say, you're pushing for the playoffs. So it's like you're pushing for the playoffs. You're getting an average at best draft pick in weak draft classes. So you could be getting, I mean, knowing they're tough picks, you could be getting better versions of them. Yeah. And, And you're maybe still not making the playoffs. I don't... I don't know with this team. That's why they're disappointing to me. It's like, you just have so much money invested and you're getting no return on it. Really at Some all. Some
0: of the best jerseys in the NBA, Oh, well, that's
1: cool. Yeah, that's the one saving grace of this team. I, don't get me wrong. They're, they're amazing. <laughs> they're great. But otherwise, like, I'm very out on Miami. It's a dumpster fire. It is. And then uh, I put them on there, even though we talked a lot about them. We don't need to talk too much about them. But New Orleans, this oh, AD thing. I just... What do you think of them playing him, like, 20 minutes a game? I, you, uh, like, either play or don't. Like, don't give me this, like, 20 minutes a game. Like, just, like I feel like they're the just, fourth. like,
0: ducking a fine from the NBA. They are.
1: That's exactly what they're doing. I don't blame them for ducking the fine, and I don't... Part of me is, like, why even you play him 20 minutes? <laughs> well, <that's laughs> If you're thing. just looking to duck the fine, play him in the first quarter. Yeah, well, that's my thing, is, like, what if he gets injured? Like, AD's kind of injury-prone. Like mm-hmm. if someone
0: could step on his foot, he could break his foot. At I mean, point, like that's not that's not the worst thing, but like
1: he could pop his Achilles just as easily. Yeah, and part of me is like, you know what? They've played sixty-five games already, so that means they only got seventeen left. The NBA is going to fine you a hundred thousand dollars per game. That's a one point seven million dollar fine. Just take you can it, make that take yourselves. it, and then whatever, like whenever you do trade him because teams can throw in, you know, Trade, cap yeah. cap relief Just make them throw in $1.7 million. Like, it's not that hard. Like, teams have, like, just over $5 million to spend in terms of, like, cash considerations. Like, if the teams are literally given $5 million by the league to use as cash considerations, make them pay it to you. Or make Anthony Davis pay it. So, like, Like one way or the other, you can get your money back. Like, just get your money back. $1.7 million is not that much to an NBA franchise, by the way. Exactly. Whenever the, the team's value is a borderline billion. <laughs> so yeah, I, one, I don't fully get it into like, I don't even know. If it's, I guess is what Anthony Davis wants to play, but it's like, do you really want to play like this? And then sit there on in the fourth quarter and just watch,
0: I would be furious as a teammate. Like, is Drew Holiday trying to, like, play and get wins with this team? Like, they could have beaten the Lakers the time they lost to the Lakers this past week with Anthony
1: Davis playing. I think so, and they knocked off the Nuggets the other day, too. Drew played really, really well. So, it's like, yeah, I think on some like they see, like, man, we actually have, like, a semi-decent team. Maybe it's not a playoff team, but we still have, like, a good team. Now, it's not built well from spots 3 through 12, but we have top-end talent, and... It just this to me. This is like the worst case scenario oh, okay. for how like this all could have tra- like played out. It it was either you're trading him at the deadline for a great deal, or you're saying you know what we're gonna sit you down and we're gonna get the most out of you in the offseason. season. And right now, now it's just kind of a joke. Yeah, it's it's just a gag. And I I feel bad for the Pelicans. I,
0: no, I feel bad for the fans of Pelicans of the Pelicans because like it's a
1: worst spot to be as you got to go to a crappy arena to watch a crappy team <laughs> and your best player give you two, basically two quarters worth of work. And that's it. At least the tickets are really cheap. I, I, <laughs> I mean,
0: whenever I said, uh, whenever I thought Russ was leaving after KD left, that was my one
1: holdout. It was like, oh, well, Thunder tickets will be cheap now, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. They're really expensive. Um, the last team we had on this list was the Minnesota Timberwolves. And this is like from a whole year perspective. Um, you gotta remember, they started the year with Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> he Jimmy Ball wasn't just a Philly 76er all year, and Tom Thibodeau wasn't just making guest appearances on the jump. <laughs> like, I mean, oh, man. The
0: Timberwolves, I I don't know what to do with them. Like, Carl Anthony Towns has played better,
1: but I keep saying it's just empty stats on an empty team. Yeah, and you still have the Andrew Wiggins thing you're dealing with. Like, he's, he's still around, and you don't hear anything about him anymore. And to be honest, like, there's no explosive games. Like, there's no, like, great performances. It's just like, yep, he's there. Getting right. paid way too much. Uh, yep, I'm making like thirty million dollars a year. Um, and so again, they're kind of borderline same situation as Miami, and that uh, they have tons of money wrapped up in this team, and they're going nowhere. Now they might just be a pain in the teams' backside going into this playoff stretch, just because they still have games left against um, some teams who are who are making a playoff push. And to me, like that's just kind of a a whatever thing, like if they make some other teams like lives kind of difficult. Okay, but like I don't think like they have games against like the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Rockets and and stuff like that. The the Clippers. But to me like I don't they're not really changing anything. Like yep. their season is what it is. It's going to be 35-ish wins. I think right now they're at 29. So yeah. going that means they'll go 6 and 14. Down the stretch to get to thirty-five wins, That's, maybe it's a little right. better than that. But that sounds about it. Could right. be also worse. <laughs> yeah, it, it really could be. They, they're four and six in their last ten. Honestly, I'm I'm cool with them going downhill. Get a pick. But yeah, get, get a another pick. Because they're only <laughs> um, as of right now, they're only a game and a half back of New Orleans for a, a better draft pick. Only two games difference from dallas so it's not like they're that far away um man that was a long time
0: ago that dallas was a borderline
1: playoff team like luca was playing them into the playoffs and he's he's been out here and there uh also really bad on the road (laughs) yeah um but again the expectations were low like we talked about last week how whenever the hawks and the mavericks made the Doncic trey young trade atlanta was cool with it because they had projected that dallas would get a top 10 pick in the draft and so like eh, try on a top 10 pick for luca we'll do that so i don't like their season kind of is going as it was supposed to be going yeah it's the minnesota one where people were still like and, it, and that includes me thought like you know what with jimmy they're figuring this out andrew Wiggins takes a step cat takes a step still a good team and it's not it's not a good team it's kind of really falling apart unfortunately for them bad uniforms
0: Side note. Really on, bad uniforms. Side note on the
1: uniforms. If Miami's are really good. Theirs are really
0: bad. Yeah, they are. Um, bad logo design, I think. I'm not I don't like the logo. I no. thought I did, but I don't mind it. It's fine. It could be better. Probably. Anyway, enough enough semantics about logos and uniforms. Matt, what's your game of the week this week?
1: Speaking of disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Celtics at Lakers, Saturday, uh, March 9th. 7.30 p.m. Central Time on ABC. Um, by then, let's see if either of these teams have any semblance of a, of a team going on. Um, I, I'm i going with Boston 115 to 109, although the Lakers could be really desperate. So mm. I can understand a big game coming out there and Rondo Revenge game. Mm. But uh, I'm still going with Boston 115 109. Someone's got to figure it out, right?
0: uh what about you uh so my game of the week uh, i feel like i haven't picked an eastern conference game of the week in a while so pacers at bucks thursday march 7th 7 p.m central uh, and it's going to be on tnt i love how many games are on national television right now it's like at the beginning of the season we're picking games that like should have been on national television but like they weren't football kept bumping them off yeah I love this It's just like every night Like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday I think there's like only one day day of the week That there might not be a national
1: de- televised game I feel like it's Wednesday But yeah yeah, but, but you're yeah. right. Like it seems like something good is happening every night now, and it's like gonna be like this
0: till the playoffs, end of the playoffs in June. So uh, it's it's perfect. And I also think the Bucks will win one t- one twenty seven to the Pacers one eleven. Um, Eric Bledsoe, come through, come through for me. Make that payday work. Well, that's all we have for you on this episode twenty of the Sheam podcast man i can't believe it's 20 episodes can we sit on this for a second we're a fifth of the way to 100 episodes yikes When you say it that way it's it's a little bit concerning it's but the- kind of cool it's cool yeah we also oh i forgot i tweeted this out we're uh over 350 total downloads across 20 episodes or 19 episodes so thank you for listening to the couch gm podcast we really appreciate it and we really appreciate you downloading the podcasts um pretty exciting times in the in the world of being a couch gm um matt do you have anything before you want to say before we uh sign out
1: Celtics are coming back are they really <laughs> they're only down 10 with five minutes to go <laughs> here let's we go, go watch. yeah let's go watch that's, well, that's all we have
0: tonight or today for you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you back next week.